wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliot president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern new jersey Our podcast series is really intended to help educate you about certainly the Jewish home family, but also the world of older adult services, giving you information that you can use regardless of where you and your loved one live, information that might be useful for you, might also be useful for those people who are caring for an older adult in their lives. Today, I'm delighted that we have a special guest, Eric Fay, who's a member of our social work team at the Jewish Home at Rockley. Welcome, Eric. Hello. Thanks for being here today. No problem. So, Eric, tell me what a social worker does in a long-term care setting. What does your job consist of? Basically, a social worker in a long-term setting does everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Communicating with the doctors the families, and also the elders, especially because a lot of the times the elders sometimes could be the last person to know what's going on with their care. And so then sometimes it's the social worker's role to say, don't forget, we have to let Mr. Smith know what's going on, (laughs) just to kind of like reorient everybody. Um, But it's a lot of advocacy. Um, It could be helping a resident. The biggest thing you could do in a day could be getting the batteries in the remote so somebody can watch TV because they wouldn't have known otherwise how to get it to significant like end-of-life decisions that somebody has to make. And it can kind of fluctuate from moment to moment like that. It can, it can be very important for someone to get a battery. It could also be very important for somebody to decide that they want to be on under like hospice services. Sure. And not. It's the whole gamut. Yeah. What made you decide to be a social worker, Eric? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I was an undergraduate psychology major with a minor in counseling and film. Figured I wasn't going to be a filmmaker. Um, Had wealthy friends, so that didn't work out because they weren't going to fund the projects. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to go for my doctorate, so... I decided to go into social work, and that's what I've been doing for over 20 years now. And what brought you to the elder care setting? Um, My best friend's sister was actually a social worker in a long-term facility, and she said I I had worked in group homes with uh, residents with developmental disabilities for my entire life, and she said, I work in a nursing home. Do you want to give it a try and work with me? And actually, that's I've been doing that for over 15 years wow. now. So, that, so that's actually how I got into the nursing home and then just never left the nursing home. That's great. So, Eric, one of the things that I know that social work has been very involved in, certainly at the Jewish home, has been voting. And today, I think none of us can forget today is Election Day. Tell me how the social work team and how the organization facilitated voting for the elders. Well, first, anybody that wasn't registered to vote, we had to register. Plus, anyone that moved in within the past year, we had to do the change of address to make sure that their ballots came to this facility and they could vote here. Then plus, on top of it, with the pandemic, 
a lot of the times we'd have to have the residents actually help them physically fill out the ballot if their loved one couldn't do it with them mm. inside the building for a visit or on the patio outside to do a visit. And then we had to kind of coordinate that with the families and the residents and then make sure everyone did vote if they wow. could. Um, complex process. Very complex this year. And how were, successful were you in giving people the opportunity to vote? Um, everyone that was registered and wanted to vote did vote here in this facility. So up so, to the last second. Too. Up to the last second. So really is important for people to continue to exercise their right to vote as, as on a lot of different levels. Tell me how the elders felt about this whole opportunity to vote. Was it a big thing for them? Yeah, it always is a big thing for them, but it was definitely more of a big thing for them this year because a lot of the residents, we would actually take the polls. So a lot of them weren't used to not voting in person. So just the fact that they were able to do it this year was like an accomplishment I that bet. they felt like they accomplished something. Well, it, feel, it does feel weird. I, I thought that same thing this morning myself. You know, I had done my ballot ahead. I took it to a ballot box, but not getting up and going to stand in line and go to vote felt a little funny this year. Yeah. And the elders are, you know, they're worried like everybody else, like I'm going to put it in the mail and is it actually going to get right. counted and what's going to happen? So there's a lot of like worry about it too. Yeah. There's been a lot of political discussion too, so I'm sure they're going to be watching the results carefully this evening. Yeah. yeah. We always talk about that in the men's group too. Like, Tell me about the men's group. Um, so every Friday I run a group um, on one of the long-term units with about 10 men every week. And we talk about everything from sports to politics, just to current events, and then just, you know, what they're experiencing and what's going on in the, in the nursing home. That's great. Have you been doing this for a while? Yeah, I think it's been going for at least five years or more at this That's point. Great. Yeah. So why do you need a men's group? For some of the um, elders here, it really is one of the things that they actually look forward to each week. Um, when we don't have it or when we were on like complete pandemic lockdown, it's a quality of life thing. And just to gather together like socially face to face, you know, socially distanced with masks on um, is very important because otherwise they would be in their rooms. And the question was, when is the men's group going to start again? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully you're doing that again. So men kind of need their own little group, don't they? Because they're somewhat of a minority in the long-term care setting. Yeah, definitely. Um, the women outnumber the men greatly here. And like, it's funny because we've had women who have dropped in, said, oh, what's this group? This is this is fun. Can I stay here for a little bit? And the men are like, sure. Oh, they are open to it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they'll they'll drop in. Or we have one elder who her room is right by where the group is, and she's you can see she's listening in from her room. <laughs> and then if great. she doesn't like what we're saying, she'll close the door. <laughs> That's great. It sounds like you have a really good time. Though. Yeah, it's it's fun. What other kinds of things have you done with the men's club? Uh, we've gone to. Um, Yankees games, we've gone to um, Irish pubs, restaurants, um, all sorts of things. That's great. Yeah, and so, we would plan it in the group. Oh, nice. So it was really up to them where you went. Yeah, yeah. 
hopefully someday soon we'll be doing those things again. I'm sure they missed that. Yeah, it was interesting because when we had our first men's group after, you know, the, the lockdown and they were allowed to come out and do it, I still had the pad that I was using for when I ran it, and it was planning to go out for St. Patrick's Day oh to gosh. the Irish pub. And I had the list of all the men that were oh going to go to it. And we were like, oh, my gosh, that's what we were planning on doing yeah. before everything got locked down. Right at that moment. Yeah. Literally right at that moment. Wow. That's amazing. What other kinds of things do you get involved in with resident lives? You're talking about men's club. What other kinds of things do you do that might be a little surprise to folks? Um, like I said, it could be anything. I mean, sometimes, like you get so close to especially the long-term residents where they'll actually like ask you advice on how they should handle like situations inside their own family, even with their own children. Like, so it can be, you know, as intense as that. Um, Or just in, in general, like any type of medical question, they, they'll go to the social worker to try to get the answers for them because it's easier to talk to the social worker than it is sometimes they get in a hold of like, medical professionals right so you're really that bridge for that for the elder in so many ways yeah that's definitely a good description of it and especially during these tough pandemic days you've really been a bridge with the elders and their families in a lot of respects yeah actually sometimes the social worker has been the only bridge to the families because it's so hard to get in touch with people because they're so busy they know they can rely on getting the social worker or the social worker is going to get back to them with an answer. Right. It's not easy. I know it's so hard for families to have had this distance and still being limited in terms of the amount of visiting. And I know people are desperate for information, especially in the early, early days when people were totally locked down. I can remember families reaching out and saying, just could someone tell me my mom is okay? Someone tell me what's going on? And I know that some of your team was actually going into rooms and with the elders' permission, taking pictures and sending it to the family to just say, mom's doing well, here's what's going on, you know, all of those things. Any examples of that that come to mind for you? Oh, yeah, a lot of things. Like um, families would even call to say, like, oh, can you make sure that um, they have what I dropped off for them Um near them did it get to the room is it there like tell them that i was checking in on them and i couldn't get them on the phone because they don't know how to operate the phone um we've had to get like special phones sometimes and then a lot of the times we're even using our cell phones to do facetime um right there on the spot instead of like waiting for like a scheduled time because they're like i just need to talk to them um so that that's a good thing that technology is used for especially during this it must have been incredibly stressful for social work as it was for everybody but even more so during the rough days of of covid i know that everyone was under tremendous pressure but as the folks who were serving as that bridge when things were really rough it must have been incredibly difficult yeah nobody really knew what was going on and they they kind of trust the social worker to be this expert who knows everything. And it's like we didn't really know everything. And they because didn't understand nobody knew it. everything, yeah. right. And then explaining it over and over again, some people just didn't understand it, and it was frightening. Well, and, I, you know, I've told a story many times, Eric, about 
being with an elder who was losing his battle against COVID and, and um, being in the room with you. And I will never forget, and I've, I've shared this so many times, you were rearranging the family photos so that he could see his family more clearly as he was losing his struggle. And someone, he was someone very special to all of us. All our elders are special to us. But, you know, you and I and the nurse and the administrator, everyone was really emotional as we watched this happen. So it's not just the bridge. Sometimes it's really being that surrogate for the family, isn't it? Yeah, and it's also like the um, the mourning and the grief that the other residents experienced because when it was happening, people just didn't really have time to grieve because they were moving on to the next thing. And then as time went on, it kind of hit everybody, including the residents. Um, and when we had the men's group again, you know, you take time just to remember the people that weren't there for the group. And some people didn't even know that people had passed away until that, you know, so it, it was tough. To be really tough. Yeah. Really tough. Well, I know that you really play a significant role in helping to keep people connected and informed and to solve the significant issues and the, and the ones that maybe don't sound significant, like the remote batteries, but for an elder really are quality of life. It's sort of having, you know, you sort of have your antennae out in all different directions, don't you? Yeah, sometimes it's like the little things that you do for the elder. It might be the most important thing for them that entire day, but you don't realize it because it might not seem significant to everybody, but for them it is. Well, we're very lucky to have you and, and the rest of our social work team making that difference every day. Eric, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All of the children rise, elders with wisdom rise, ancestors surround us rise.